If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist. To find out if it's right for you. Hi, Ruben. Hi, Teddy. So I want you to imagine, imagine one of the biggest influences that you know. Okay. A multi-millionaire. All right. A fashion influencer. Okay. A mother of four goes missing. This mm. isn't nobody. She's recognizable. How long does it take for the police to find her? Like a week. Less than two weeks. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, and the police they track her down. What's interesting is that the last person to see her was her driver, the brother of her ex-husband. Brother, ex-brother-in-law. Her ex-brother-in-law, and then after that, through police work, they find her. Her dismembered body. Hi, I'm Teddy, and I'm Ruben, and welcome to a briefcase. Today, we're covering the murder of Abby Choi. So this is an ongoing case, and we're gonna try our best to cover what we know that has happened and the arrest made. But I think because it's still going on, nobody has been like properly charged or found guilty or innocent or whatever. So we're gonna try our best not to speculate on this okay. case as well. So let's start with Abby Choi. So who is Abby Choi? Abby was the eldest of three sisters, and at this time she was twenty-eight. So actually, like. Really, really close in age to us, and so her family was from Hong Kong, and she was born and raised in Hong Kong. And it seems that her family's money came from construction, with the family having business dealings in China. So, according to many news sources, her personal net worth, like just her alone, was about a hundred million Hong Kong dollars, which is about seventeen million Singapore dollars. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, right. For for a twenty-eight year old, not taking into account like the entire family's money. And very objectively, you know, like people always say, like beauty is in the eye of the beholder. But like just objectively, Abby is really pretty, and not that it should matter. But she was really very, very pretty. Okay. So she had long dark hair. Her eyes were massive. Okay, and she had like the very classic V-shaped face. Okay. She was very dainty. So she was. I don't know why it was out on the. Internet, but it was estimated that she was about forty kg. 
Okay. And she was. Know that? Okay. You know, they always like have. Oh, cause she modeled as well, so they had her stats. Okay. And she was about one hundred and fifty-five centimeters tall. So that's like I think like five one. Yeah. yeah. And if you look at the classic East Asian ideal of pretty, that was Abby Choi. Okay. And the thing is that she was smart, so she capitalized on. Her looks and her wealth. She was an influencer with more than eighty thousand followers on Instagram, which is like quite respectable. Mm. And she wasn't just a social media influencer. She modeled and she appeared in magazines like Elle, Vogue, and literally just a couple of weeks ago, like Engine Early Feb, she was on the cover of a magazine. She was on the cover of L'Officiel in Monaco. And being part of the fashion elite, she also attended Paris Fashion Week. She had Birkins. She was photographed a lot. She was just all around like very classic, the rich and the beautiful. Okay. But she also had depth. She was the co-founder of something called Palmes, P A O M E S, charitable organization, which was an animal rescue. Mm. And there's actually a story of her. Rescuing a cat that was injured on the street, that was like literally dying, and she bringing it home, nursing it back to health. Okay, that's nice. Yeah. So now we also need to talk about her personal life. When Abby was eighteen, which I think is really young, like eighteen was like going into uni, she got married to a man called Alex Kwong, who was the same age as her. And they had two kids, and the marriage lasted for about three years, and then they got divorced. But she had two kids between eighteen and twenty-one. Yeah, but even after they got divorced, Abby, Abby, who's like eighteen to twenty-one, like at that point of time, she would have been like twenty-two, twenty-three. She took care of her ex-husband's family, and even after she got remarried, she continued taking care of her ex-husband's family. What do you mean taking care? Okay, wait, so we're going to get to that. But first, okay. just very briefly, she got remarried to Chris Tam Chak Kwan, who is the son of Tam Chak Kwan, who is the founder of Tam Jai Yunnan Misian, which is a chain of delicious restaurants and like legit massive money because they have a couple of branches, not like one branch in Singapore. They have a couple of branches in Singapore. Okay. In like Chinatown, in Bishan, in Vivo City, it's like Hong Kong soup noodles. I think we might have eaten it before. Maybe yeah. I don't remember the names, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, her new family really loved her, and she loved them. She went out of her way to hang out with her mother-in-law, bring her out for dinner, buy her presents, and so Abby and Chris they had another two children. And Chris, he was a very good father, and he was a very good stepfather, and he really stepped into the role. And the thing is that they had like a ceremony, but they never registered their marriage for some reason, which isn't really a big deal. But it was just something that was reported on. As in, they had a ceremony, but they didn't register their marriage, so they weren't married. No? Like, I mean, they did the whole marriage ceremony thing, but they didn't sign their. But that means you're not married. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's considered like her husband and the stepfather of her her two kids. Um. Okay. Yeah. So now we're gonna go back to her ex-husband Alex. Now Alex was the same age as Abby, so he's twenty-eight, 
And his family was more than a little bit shady. So we'll start with Alex first. At this point of time, like right now and for like the past period of time, Alex is reported as unemployed. But according to the same reporting, he's actually technically on the run because he's on the run because of a gold investment scam. And we have some details, but not too many details. So we know that he's a bit of a shady person. And what actually happened is that he defrauded four people of about 1 million Hong Kong dollars between 2014 and 2015. And that's about 170,000 Singapore dollars. So he was on the lam, technically. And we know that he was the dad of Abby's first two kids, which is a son and a daughter. Now, we also need to talk about Alex's dad, who's Abby's father-in-law. So, Alex's dad was called Kong Kao, and he he is 65 years old, and he was a former policeman. And so, being a former policeman, you would think that he's, like, not a gross shady person. Sure, okay. But he is... He's a Hong Kong police. Hong Kong police, yes. I don't know much about him. But yeah, sure. Yeah, so sometime in the early 2000s, he got a long service award. It seems that he was at some point the chief of a police station, like a police chief. And at some point, he was also a sergeant. But what's really shady is that just a couple of years after his long service award, he was accused of rape or sexual assault while investigating a case. And so because of that accusation, he resigned. And because of his resignation, it was never pursued. So we don't actually know if he was guilty of that or not. Which sounds a bit weird because I was like... they stopped investigating. Yes, exactly. So it sounds a bit like it was covered, but like, that speculation, which is something we're not we're trying not to do on this episode. Right. We know that he was cheating on his wife. Alex also knew that he was cheating on his mother. And he was cheating on his wife with a 47-year-old mistress. And he's 65. So that's something like a 18-year age gap or so. My math not so good. Okay. Yeah. And his mistress worked at a massage parlor. And I don't want to perpetuate the stereotype that massage parlors are all like covers for sex. But this particular massage parlor was clean, okay? So it's just that Alex's dad's mistress happened to be a masseuse there that also happened to be a mistress. So now that's Alex, Alex's dad, Alex's dad's mistress. And now Alex had an older brother called Anthony. And Anthony was even business partners with Abby in a food stall called Bear Bear Snack. So like... Abby was really supporting, really intertwined with this family. Mm. And the whole family, it seems that they have issues with money. They have issues with employment. And so Anthony was actually sued by a bank for defaulting on a debt in 2019. So that's just three years ago. And the other thing is that Anthony and Abby were still close. She appeared in his Instagram photos. And when he couldn't find a job or like, when he was looking for a job, Abby hired him to be her driver, to be her chauffeur. And it says that she actually helped him when he was buying a house. So I'm not sure if she helped pay for the down payment, if she was a guarantor, or if she helped him with a personal loan, but it was reported that she helped him with the purchase of a house. This is very involved for somebody who is your ex-brother-in-law. And finally, we have to talk about Alex's mom. So Alex's mom was a retiree, 
but she was also declared bankrupt in 2017. This is the ex-wife of the police guy. No, they're still married. Oh, just mistress. Mistress, yes. So this is Abby's ex-mother-in-law. One interesting thing about Abby's like continued support of this family is that she actually bought a house in the Ho Man Tin area of Hong Kong. And this house was bought with the assumption that it was going to be an investment property. Something like a flip, you know? Like you buy, you hold, and then you sell. Okay. And the house was valued at anywhere between 67 million to 70 million Hong Kong dollars, which is about 11 million Singapore dollars. So you, you assume like a really... For the longest time, and up to the point where this incident happened, her ex-husband and his family were living there, which I think is like really generous. Yeah, yeah, quite generous. And the maddest thing is, remember her ex-husband was unemployed, and by the way, also still on the run for his gold investment scam. She was paying for his daily expenses. So like, do you remember the movie Parasite? Yeah, the one that won the Oscar. Yeah, so a lot of people were comparing this family to the family in the Parasite movie. Okay. Yeah. So now this is a lot of backstory. So just to recap, we've gone through Abby, her ex-husband Alex, her ex-husband's father, who was a policeman, her ex-husband's brother, who is her driver, and a little less important to the case, her ex-husband's mother and her ex-husband's dad's mistress so her ex-father-in-law's mistress right. it's a lot sometime two weeks ago and that would have been either late January or early February 2023 Abby goes missing now we know that Abby is a good mother we know that Abby is a dedicated mother mm. by, by all accounts it's, it's, she loves her kids so much so when Abby doesn't pick up her daughter from school alarm bells go off and the police is called in and the thing is that when you are so rich and you go missing, everybody's alarmed. Could this be like another kidnapping thing as well? Right. Yeah. yeah. So the police is called in and through CCTV footage and through like accounts, it's suspected that the last person to see her is her driver, Alex's brother, Anthony. Okay. And it takes some time and not because the police are incompetent, because it's reported that during the investigation the people involved intentionally misdirected them. People like Alex's mom. Oh, like misdirected her? They don't say? Yeah, like they don't say, or they're like, oh, maybe I saw this, maybe I saw that. Okay. Yeah, and eventually the police managed to track down a home in the Taipo district and allegedly, according to some sources, this home was rented by Alex's father's mistress, her father-in-law's mistress. And Your father-in-law's mistress renting another home like a very ulu <laughs> home yes okay and in this house they find a house of horror so it's said a lot of times that this feels like a very premediated thing and there, there have been accusations thrown out that the father-in-law was the one who planned this because he was upset about something okay. so the house had a meat grinder, like a proper meat grinder. And those are like hard to find. You have to go and buy them. Right. An electric saw, hmm. two types of meat cleavers, a hammer, face shields. And one of the first things they found 
while her legs in the fridge. Oh yeah. Yeah. And the police described it that the ground floor, the ground floor of this rented home had been prepped to dismember a human body. And when they looked through the kitchen, they found two pots of soup. In the soup, there was minced meat and it's believed the soup contained Abby's body. And for some reason, they even mixed it with like radishes and carrots. It's super messed up. That's very weird. Yeah. And they also found minced meat tissue. So like, you know, they had the meat grinded. They found minced meat tissue scattered around the property as well. Mm. And so for some time, they were looking for her torso, her hands and her head as well. And in a couple of days, her skull and some of her ribs, they were found in another pot. And so her ex-husband and his family, they were arrested. From the most recent source, Alex doesn't seem to have been charged yet. But also in the face of such explicit evidence, I think it's very hard to not find him guilty, you know? Mm. And so he was arrested on Saturday. So this Saturday on the 25th of February. And oh no, even though he committed this terrible crime, he was feeling sick. So he was taken to the Queen Elizabeth Hospital. But was he really sick? He was not, I think. Somehow, he managed to evade the police and he was caught on a pier, specifically Tang Chan Pier on Lantau Island, trying to run away with 4.5 million Hong Kong dollars worth of cash and luxury watches. So that's about $774,000 worth of money and watches. Mm. And so when you actually look at this case, when you look at the fact that the father-in-law was an ex-police sergeant, ex-police chief, I don't know how they thought they could get away with it because there's even like CCTV footage of Abby and the brother, the driver. And I know at the start of the case, I said that we wouldn't speculate. So this is not specula- speculating. This is speculation from news sources like Mothership and The Straits Times is that it's speculated that her ex-brother-in-law, Anthony, was the one who lured her into the car to drive her to the house. And it is also speculated, there's a suspicion that she was attacked while she was in the car because her skull had a blunt force injury on it. And so now her ex-husband has been caught. Her ex-husband's father and brother have also been charged with the murder. His mom has been caught and arrested for obstructing the case. And now they're still looking for the rest of her body. Right. And her family, of course, is devastated. And her husband has promised to take care of all four children who are currently in the care of Abby's mom. And we'll just have to see how this goes. But if her ex-husband's family really did it, they would be like just the worst people because she was already like making sure that they were supported, that they had like a good relationship with the kids, everything. Yeah, so that's what I was going to ask. Like, there's, I mean, it's all speculation, but... None of the news sources have speculated on a motive. Oh, yes. So they said that the reason why what father-in-law planned this was because Abby was planning to sell the house that they were living in. During this planning, she offered to have them relocated to probably another home. And knowing how she's described the house that she would have planned to relocate them would have probably have been as nice as the house that she was selling. So that's not yeah. really motive, right? <laughs> as in, but he was... didn't want to move. The father-in-law didn't want to but move. But that's, that's extreme speculation then. Yeah, that's extreme like, speculation. That's not going to hold up very much. Like yeah. It was me trying to do this case. Like, it's very difficult. I mean, people can say that it's easy to blame this family based on circumstantial evidence. 
but it's hard for me to pin down a motive for them to have committed this right now. Yeah. And that's uh, problematic. <laughs> there is also a lot of chatter on TikTok, on Crime Talk, which I should probably join at some point, that the family felt very bitter about her divorce and remarriage. And again, this is like crime TikTok speculation because of how parts of the body were disposed of, like how she was cooked into soup when her new family, when her new father-in-law's business is soup. Right. Uh, yeah. It'd be interesting to see how the case turns out. It could be a combination of things. Yeah, maybe. Just keeping our fingers crossed that the police manage to find Abby and her family gets justice and closure. Thanks for being on the show, Ruben. Thanks, Daddy. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of A Brief Case. And because this is an ongoing case, at some point we'll probably have a follow-up. But I think this is one of the more shocking cases that I've read about in recent times. Like, everybody's talking about it. Right. Yeah, yeah. even in the Singaporean media, right? it's being reported. Yeah, it's everywhere. horrific. Yeah, so hope everyone is staying safe out there. And if you know anything or if I missed on anything, feel free to reach out at A Briefcase Podcast on Instagram and do join us next week for... Another Briefcase. This year, build your credit history with the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. No credit checks to apply. Get started at Chime.com slash build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Chime checking account and a 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply.